And we're back with the Texas Oil and Gas Podcast. We appreciate you tuning in. This is episode 185. 185. I'm your host, Josh Shelton. It's not, it's not 185. What is it? It's like 187. We, we did shows while you was on vacation, you know. Yeah, but you didn't put them in the folder. You got to put them in the folder, man. I'm sitting here looking. We got 184, 185. Well, I know I didn't put them in the folder. <laughs> you got to tell me what number we are. I don't know. I'm okay, you're, you're right. I didn't. I didn't put them in the folder. That is that is true because no one else uses the folder but me and you. But you're right. This is one of the seven. All right. Let's uh we'll fix it later. All right. We're episode one eighty seven. Great start off of twenty twenty one. Yeah, yeah. We're we're getting it we're getting it cracked off good. Well, I'm glad to be back, Ryan. I feel like I've been gone for a year. Uh been been a few weeks and uh so I'm glad to be back home, man. You know, it's crazy because if you go back through last year, just kind of thinking about not everything that happened, but it's happened. Um, you know, for for about two three months there, it felt like it was an eternity because kind of the the schedule of life was kind of just dis- disrupted. You were staying at home, you couldn't really go many places. Uh, and now, I guess through August through uh, right before Thanksgiving, it felt like I got back to warp speed. Everything's going back to normal, kind of flown again. And then the holidays was kind of reminiscent of that that shutdown period because. There was stuff going on, but it wasn't the same pattern. And so it kind of took me back to that that slow slog that we had a few months ago. And, and you're right. It feels like it's uh it was a it was a month ago since you were on the show, but uh it was. It was just what two, three weeks ago. So yeah. it's good to have you back in twenty twenty one. And it's also good to say that. Yeah, we're finally out of the 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 worst year of I guess our generation, I guess. Um uh, yeah, it's been been a heck of a year. I'm, I'm hoping we hoping oil goes back up to $162 a barrel. <laughs> Gas goes up to five, good five dollars. Uh, I'd love to see the market rebound. If I'm being uh, being honest though, uh, JD Warren, what's up, buddy? Uh, so I'm, if I'm being honest though, I, I think I would really I would really like to see uh, the stock market stay strong because I am a little worried with uh, with the way things are going to play out this year. I heard. Um, the FHA moratoriums uh, are going to be ending in February. So I think that's their 12 month period. So we're going to see some news with forbearances and stuff and how all that plays out. So um, hoping the airline industry gets back on its feet. People go back to traveling and oil and gas and get a strong rebound this year. Yeah, I, I agree. And hello to Jeremy as well. It's good to long time listener. Good to good to see you this morning. Hope you staying safe down there in South Texas. Um, so here's kind of the, the thing, Josh, is that we did turn the calendar and it feels good to get into 2021 just for the sake of, you know, did anything actually change from December 31st to January 1? Well, no, obviously not. Um, but there is, you know, and, and people have kind of downplayed this. There is there is something about the about the reset, right? So <clears throat> There is something about reaching a milestone, going to the next level. So, did the world change between December thirty first and January one? Well, no, nothing of substance happened. I mean, some people were born, some people were died, but generally speaking, you know, things kept going. Um, but there are other things that just changed in society. You know, with with the calendar and what you do and moving forward and progressing and um, you know, and so I think we kind of, I think it's been interesting to watch the end of the year this year because there's kind of been a push for everyone to celebrate the end of 2020. And there's also a push for everyone to push back and say, well, nothing actually changes. And on some level, both are right. And it feels like it's, it's, it's a weird time because 
there are things that do change. You know, we start getting end of the year reports from companies. Okay, well, that's something you didn't get in November, December. That gives you more information. So the calendar progresses, things change. And so it's, it's, it is good to get kind of a, not a, not a fresh shirt on, but a, but a new shirt, if you will, a different shirt. And so um, I, I'm excited for 2021, mainly just because it can't be as bad as 2020. Don't jinx it, Ryan. Don't jinx it. You know, this time last year, I think I told this story in the podcast. But if not, I'll tell it real quick. My son was sitting around, and he, he said, you know, Dad, what else happened in your life? And so I was telling him about the, um, the phones and the CD players and the cassette tapes and DVDs and Blu-rays and just stuff like that. And he goes, man, uh, 9-11. He goes, nothing, nothing crazy like that's ever happened in my lifetime. Yeah, well, he can't say that no more, can he? I remind him of that often now. Like, don't ever, don't ever say that again. Don't ever yeah. say that again. Don't ever bring that up again. So uh, we got a couple of stories that I wanted to jump into this week. We got a couple of new interesting uh, mergers, acquisitions uh, that that we're going to hop into. But uh, our good friend David uh, over at Forbes, David Blackman, wrote a uh, article that I think sums up what we said when uh, – Robert Martinez was on the show with us. The title of the article is 2021 will be a year of endless uncertainty for U.S. oil and gas. Mm. Um, and I think that's really the feel right now. I had somebody ask me this morning, Ron, if I was going to invest in a major oil and gas company in 2021, which one would you recommend? <laughs> and I, I, I stopped and I said, I mean, it, my mind just had like 30,000 variables that just started just going through my mind. Like, I don't know. I don't know if I'd invest in any of them right now, to be honest. I, I, that's, a, that's a tough call. Probably Chevron, I guess, though, huh? I would invest in enterprise products. I mean, I, they always do a good job. They always have. I haven't looked at their, um, I don't know when their end of the year stuff or Q4 stuff comes out, but you know, I think they've made money like all but two quarters over the last 20 years. So, uh, How's their dividend there? Just curious. I, I, I haven't looked at, like I said, I hadn't looked at their stuff here recently. I'm saying off, off the top of it. Off the top of the cuff, I would say them. As far as Chevron and Exxon goes, uh, those big companies. I'm not saying I wouldn't, but I'd have to. I'd have to dig in. Off the top, off the top of the cuff, it would be. Uh, it would be uh, Enterprise Products. So if they want to give us a, a dividend for that that plug, then feel free. This is entertainment purposes only. We should say. Yeah. Well, the the guy was asking me. He was wanting something not only to be a good investment, but secondarily have a good dividend. Yeah, they pay dividend. I don't. I, don't, I mean, it's in good shape. Last time I checked. So, uh, but but yeah, yeah. I, I should disclose I am a shareholder for Enterprise. So, all that. Uh, hey, but real quick, Josh. So, you talk about Blackman. So we're talking about Blackman's article. But I know OPEC's meeting, and this is hot off the press. So if it's not right by the time this comes out or it's changed, and that we're kind of looking at this live, um, it looks like the talks are that Russia has proposed a five hundred thousand barrel day increase in February. I mean January. Um, and then, um, and so we will see how that will impact the market. I think that's one of the things, and I don't think David addressed that in his piece, but one of the things we're going to watch is OPEC monthly meetings now can really influence the market because if they come out and say 500,000 or we're not going to increase, or but did they say we're going to increase 2 million barrels? Well, that will substantially impact the market. So U.S. shale producers, unless they're in a good hedge spot, will have to kind of start watching what OPEC's doing a lot more closely. Hmm. Yeah, that was uh, that was something that I that went went through my mind. Like, man, that's that's a big deal. Uh, what OPEC's doing? Uh, what's what's oil this morning? Are we are we still up mid forties? Yeah, forty seven, seven right now. What I'm looking yeah. at. Yeah, I mean, 
if if we get to 55, I I, I got a hunch that you know Saudis are gonna OPEC's probably gonna up their drilling. That's that's kind of what they're shooting for based on what I'm seeing. They're wanting to be you know in the 50s. Um, it won't take much to get it back down below 50 though. So that's gonna be it's gonna be the thing to watch. Yep. Um, Anyways, back back to Blackman stuff. I didn't mean to get on that squirrel. Sorry. No, it's all right. It's all right. So a uh, couple of things that uh, Biden, I'm not Biden, that Blackman mentions, starting with Biden's promise fracking on a uh, ban of fracking on federal lands. Uh, so he mentions that. So a bunch of new regulatory efforts. Uh, so if you remember when when Trump got in, there was a lot of deregulation that happened. Uh, so I guess you would call this re-regulation uh, where we're going to re-regulate. Re-regulate yeah, we're re-regulating the industry, which is going to put uh, a, a bit of a squeeze on on the industry. I don't know how bad it'll hurt right now, though. That's going to be my, my kind of my curiosity is with people already under uh, a bit of pressure. I wonder if if these regulations are going to hurt as bad as they did you know, back when Trump lifted them. Yeah, I mean, I think you, you go back to the investing question. If you know the answer to the regulatory question, then that, that will help you on who to invest with, right? Yeah. yeah. If you know how bad the regulations are going to be, then you'll, you'll have a better idea of where it's going to go. Um, but, you know, as David points out, the recount probably will continue to go up. Agreed. And I saw Anas last night um, say something very similar on Twitter. Anas was saying, um, let's see here if I can pull it up while I'm talking. He was saying that essentially, kind of what David's saying, that the first half of the year, everyone people will know what the predictions are for the, for the year, but he's uncertain about what the first half of the year will hold. And that's kind of in limbo and, and, you know, not to get into the political, you know, right, left, whatever you think about it. There's just a, a reality that you have a new administration coming in, but the administration isn't necessarily new. It's not like a Trump administration where you're not sure how they're going to act. You, you do have some precedent with Biden. He's bringing in, in a lot of kind of establishment Democrats. Um, and he was just in the white house four years ago. So you kind of have some, inklings of what he might do on top of the campaign things he said so um but until he gets in there and starts doing things you know will he focus on you know oil and gas regulations or will he focus on covid well on some level those are connected right now right because he comes in and puts some kind of lockdown or mass mandate or whatever well that will impact it's not a regular it's not regulatory in the sense of ethane emissions or you know drilling or, or whatever but it's a regulatory in the sense of it impacts demand and so um we don't know what he's going to do on those things. As far as the, the 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 other things that David points out, I think that you have to be concerned that, that some of those things are coming back. Hmm. Well, so here's a big one. Here's a big one. Everybody needs to be looking at this this week. The Georgia runoff election. So there's two Senate seats that are uh, that are. I mean, they're pretty thin. There's a. It, it could go either way at this point, and if the Democrats win both of those seats. Uh, they're going to control they have the president, they'll have the House, and they'll have the Senate. And what David is saying is that the deepening and widening of the various U.S. ports will, mm -hmm. will be held up, funding for that. And that's going to affect all the projects that are being worked on across the nation. So um, I don't know if that's uh, – um, I don't know if that's the only thing that's important about this Georgia thing, but I know that that is one issue that, that if, they, if the Democrats could get control of the Senate – then they're going to be able to push a certain type of policy, which I think a divided Congress is typically always best. Um, having, you know, 
I, I don't know that I'd want, you know, Republicans on all three. You know, I, there are certain reasons I would, but there are certain reasons I wouldn't uh, because they're going to. Republicans won't do anything. That's yeah. <laughs> they're not going to do anything and they're going to blow money and they're going to uh, spend it on wars. wars. And, yeah, they're going to cause the problems that allow the Democrats to get back in and then blame them on, on the Democrats. So what's yeah. the split right now? It's what? 49. It, so. Yeah, so essentially, the vice president will be the majority. If if they win Georgia, I think it'll be 50-50 with the majority for the 51 yeah, being. If they split Georgia, it'd be 50-50? I think so. I think that's what it's saying. And then Kamala or Kamala, whatever her name is, uh, would be 51. Uh, would you know, be to take it over the top. Okay. Because I've been meaning to look at that. If, if, if it's a split versus if they if they win outright, what's the – obviously, the Democrats win outright. Um, they would control, but – um, I guess if it's a split and Ka- see if Kamala's in charge and she gets the deciding vote. So it's like the Democrats are in charge regardless. So, um, but I don't know. I, I, don't, I haven't looked at the makeup. Yeah. And that's what, what day is that tomorrow? The election? I think so. No, no. I think it's the sixth. That's maybe the it's day. tomorrow. Maybe it's tomorrow. Uh, maybe I'm getting it mixed up with something else. Uh, this is when they do the, um, the, um, the president deal, right? I think so. Yeah. I was thinking that was the same day. It may be the same day. I, I, I don't, you're right. It doesn't matter. We're not in Georgia, so whatever. Um, I, but, you know, I will be willing to mail in a few votes if they pay me enough. Oh, yeah. We'll mail them in. Ain't no doubt about it. I'll vote for myself, of course, but I'll mail those in. So if they want me to vote for myself for Senate, I'll be happy to, to mail in some. And just so you know, this is a joke. And so people get up in arms when you joke about, you know, voter fraud, even though they don't really care, but whatever. Yeah, we don't we don't want the we don't want the bed showing up. This is all satire. Yes, uh, everything we say should not be taken seriously. <laughs> all right, so uh, we have another article that came out: pandemic-related shutdown raises energy litigation issues. Um, so th- this is just I, I think there were talks uh, early on when the shutdown happened about. Um, people going out and having too many people on the cruise. So they were breaking certain rules. So were they essential? Were they non-essential? Um, how many people can you have out at one location at a time? Um, did the government have the right to tell these companies that they could and could not do that? It's just created a big mess uh, that people are dealing with right now. And there could be some, uh, some court cases that come up and I don't know. I don't know if, the energy industry is going to be treated that well, honestly. Well, yeah. So it depends on the cases, right? So you're going to have some cases that will be standard labor law issue cases. And so those cases will should get treated like a general labor, labor dispute would be right. Um, and I think this is the interesting thing from the pandemic is I remember talking to some lawyers back in June, like, man, that'd be a good time for you guys. You know? And they're like, no, I'm like, no, no, maybe not today, but eventually there's gonna be tons of suits coming out of this thing. You know, did the government have the right, you know, corporations, whatever. Um, a lot that was done during the pandemic uh, lockdowns is yet to be resolved whether or not the government had the right to do it or not, as you say. And that's going to be interesting to see because it's not only did the government have the right, it's also did employers have the right. And so I'm, I'm not trying to take a, a, a side on this issue. I'm just pointing out that we could see changes to employee rights or um, employer control over employees as a result of what happened during the pandemic when people were just trying to survive and try to make it. There could be court cases that shift um, policy um, that, that, that impact employer, employer, employee. And that's that's something to watch. I've vowed for some or advocated for some time now that 
you know, we generally should have a society where it's independent contractors, you know, but um, that, I think that's kind of actually picking up some steam. Now you're starting to see people talking about, you know, renegotiating work from home and stuff like that. But obviously employment laws don't allow that um, uh, the freedom that you'd like. But anyways, um, I think that's going to be the big thing, Josh, is that we're, we're going to see things next couple years trickle out of these court cases and some will be directly impacted energy and some will just be general labor cases that we're going to have to uh, labor disputes that will, that will impact energy, but not because it came from energy. Does that make sense? Yep. Yep. And uh, so we had another article here where it says the railroad commission exceeds legislative mandates despite challenges of 2020. Um, so that's w- one of the things I mentioned earlier was I don't know how much the re-regulation is going to impact the industry because uh, one of the things it says is that um, the railroad commission charged with overseeing the industry not only managed to maintain operations amid the pandemic, but exceeded a number of key legislative goals. And I think one of the things is, is that one of the reasons that they exceeded those goals was because oil and gas was in a downturn and therefore the numbers were naturally going down, not because of their intervention. Uh, it reminds me of some of their uh, other earlier antics this year where um, they were trying to force everyone to, uh, to do stuff and everybody did it before they even had a chance to legislate it mm-hmm. uh, because then the market kind of already dictated that that's what they should do. So, um, that's going to be a, a part of the question when they go in and re-regulate this stuff. I just wonder if there, if there, some of these regulations are already being hit naturally. And, uh, so I'm hoping that's the case and I'm hoping the regulation will come in and kill some of these companies. And, and you know, yeah, the railroad commission is going, is going to be an interesting spot because let's just say that Blackman's right. And you really have a lot of top down federal pressure um, on the industry. So the railroad commission side um, increasing their own on their own free will, increasing um, restrictive mat- uh, restrictive rules and um, regulations is what I'm looking for um, on the industry will not be viewed very well. Right. That will not go over well at all because it's one thing to say, Hey, you know, we're flaring too much. We need to cut flaring back and everyone's kind of doing okay. It's another thing to be, um, looking at a large, expansive federal government that's really cracking down and then feels like you're siding with them. So I think that's going to be kind of the, the needle that the Railroad Commission has to thread is, is can they, you know, they're going to have to not, not, not respond to the federal government, but have to be have to keep in mind what is the federal government doing and then how do we, um, you know, whatever regulatory things they should, uh, they should be involved in, how do we do that without compounding the problem too much more? Hmm. Well, here's a here's a funny article, Ryan. This is something that I saw, and uh, I say it's funny. I got I laughed at first, and then I just got pissed off. Uh, so the article is North Face turns back on West Texas oil and gas company. So it might seem like a a silly article, but uh, there's a, a company uh, that uh, the CEO of Innovex they wanted to get some North Face jackets made with their logo on them and give it to about a hundred people that worked at their company. And North Face came back and said that they weren't going to do it because they didn't want to support uh, North Face. And they said in the same way that they wouldn't support the porn in, the porn pornography industry, they didn't want to support oil and gas. Yeah, yeah. yeah, um, and yeah. then I think they mentioned the tobacco industry as well, that they, they wouldn't they wouldn't do that as well. It didn't fit with their brand. And uh, so this is the level of ignorance that we're dealing with on these people that have the politicians in their pockets as this is the kind of ignorance we're dealing with. Um, 
the very jackets that they make, the the things that the jacket represents, athletics and, and outdoor stuff, all of that is fueled by energy that's produced in the oil and gas industry. And they're taking this position that they're not going to sell these jackets uh, and, and brand them. It's just the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen, man. I, I don't know that I could... I don't know that I can make a satire of something that would be more ridiculous than this, this article. You know, I've talked about this a few times now on your response, but I'm glad you brought it up because I'm not done with it yet. And so, uh, you know, here, here's the deal. So first off, you know, everyone knows we're pro Amish on this show. Um, and so we encourage um, uh, North face to live that Amish life. Right. But here's what, and also on the show, I made, I made it very clear. I'm not a Trump voter, not a Biden voter. But here's what I'm sick and tired of Josh. Here's what I'm sick and tired of. During the election, all uh, there was plenty of people that were oil and gas people that I would see on Twitter or LinkedIn that said that they wanted to vote for Biden because they wanted to be on the right side of history. Or they said that, you know, they wanted to vote for Biden because of X, Y, and Z. And then some would even say that the Trump supporters were, were too stupid to be uh, aligned with. Like, the, the Trump supporters are stupid. Okay, let me just say this, oil and gas workers. If you voted for Biden, that's your right. Good for you. Have your have your cake and eat it too. Whatever. But quit with the arguments that the left is the superior intellects. This is who's on the left. That this is who's on the left. So whatever you think about Trump supporters or Trump as a as a person or um, his policies, I, I just can't stand. I can't stomach the oil and gas workers who want to vote for Biden because they want to be on the right side of history or. Um, that's where the intellectuals reside. The morons are on the left too. There's plenty of morons over there. So I, I, it just it eats at me that this there's this there's this perception where, um, well, the sophisticated folks are on the left, and so therefore that's what we're going to vote for. If you want to vote for Biden, go vote for Biden. But let's quit we quit the pretenses that you're with the intellectual elite over there when you got the freaking morons over there who want to end our end our world as we know it through legislative, you know. Um, means uh, renew deal climate change all this nonsense so i just i don't it is it just irks me josh that it's like well if we're on the left and that's what the smart people are because you know we got bill crystal and you know project lincoln and you know these really serious guys they're serious and they're smart it's like okay yeah you got north face that's who you got the morons whose company literally is dependent on our industry but won't sell to us that's the side that you're on also joe biden's a bum just so we're clear yeah, I, I I don't I don't know what to do with this, man. I mean, uh, I, I see this and I realize this is what we're up against. Uh, the oil and gas industry is producing one of the most valuable commodities for the world, and um, the only thing that a large segment of the population sees is that it increases the carbon footprint. They say that while they're on their iPhones tweeting and writing and, and there's just no sense of the irony of what they're doing. And I don't know, I don't know what the best way to attack this thing is. I mean, there needs to be, there needs to be some way of at least getting information out to people to let them know um, what oil and gas actually is and does so that they could realize the ridiculous position that they're taking because they don't realize it. Mm -hmm. um, I think, the, a lot of the elites, they realize it and they're just playing off of it to get money moved around to right. the right places, yeah. you know, for right. mainly their pocket. But North Face CEO knows what he, he, he understands the irony here. Oh, he knows. 
Yeah, he knows or she knows. I don't know, if it's, I don't know who it is, but wh- whoever they are, they know the 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 cash the cash worker at, at a Denver downtown Denver store has no idea probably, and that's the frustration. Well, that's, that's yeah. The, the tobacco industry. Listen, hold on. Let me just let me just show my support for the tobacco industry right here. So yeah, there's there's my support for the tobacco industry. Just to be clear. Um, but the comparison to the tobacco industry is about as stupid as a thing you to compare to as possible. You need our industry for your company to exist. You need our industry for your company to exist. If tobacco goes away, it doesn't impact you one way or another. I mean, I mean, there's probably some side effect that's negligible, but but generally speaking, who cares? I, I, okay, if our industry stops tomorrow, if we stop making um, oil, and ga- if oil and gas just stops, if we go to um, 100% solar across the world, plastics and all these other petrochemical stuff, it goes away. And so, um, yes, Jeremy, I agree. It is virtue signaling at its finest. And that is that is the problem here. And so, um, to your point, though, Josh, about making people know, I think you just got to point out the, I think the people who don't know, when you tell them, well, if you get rid of that, then, you know, things go away. I don't think they know how to handle that either because I've sold some of them that and they're like, oh, well, what about the whales? You know, <laughs> they, don't, they just kind of they just kind of move on to some other issue. It's like, right, but this is this, this is what you're this is what you're arguing for. I mean, and so you know, and so um, well, you know, so I think that the CEO, like you mentioned, the CEO in North Face, he knows, but the people that are pushing him in the direction, so like the large segment of the population that mm-hmm. says oil and gas is bad. That whole idea is what makes it popular and financially incentivized to do what he did. Mm-hmm. So here's the thing. Do I think that North Face is going to make more money because of that? Probably. They'll probably yeah. get a Tesla shirt now or somebody will call them. And, Here, uh, okay. Yeah, Here's what should, should happen. We should start a movement that Exxon or Chevron one comes out and says, we will not sell you oil and gas products anymore. Now, obviously, they can't stop it because the way the value chain works. I, mean, I understand that, but but they should come out. Yeah, they should come out. Yeah, they should. Come out. Yeah, they should come out. They're no longer going to sell you oil and gas products anymore, and and that would start the conversation at a higher level. So it doesn't be them. It could be you know Pioneer or you know, EOG or something like that. We should push for the industry to say that back to North Face because that would start the conversation at a level that you know that we can't. Um, and you know North Face would have to then say, well, yes, we. Yes, we do want your products. We do want your products. Um, that That's what we should call for. So we should call for, as industry, we should call for our industry to virtue signal back at them and so that everyone would know that they are frauds. Yeah, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. We just need, uh, number one, a big company to do it. Number two, um, give a little kickback to the podcast that gave you yeah. the idea first. You know, we, we take I'm kickbacks. I was, this is consulting. This isn't free. This is consulting right here. So. We're just like the politicians, you know. We, we got pockets. <laughs> we can, you can you imagine that Exxon Mobil comes out and said that we support North Face's decision not to sell to our industry, and we, because of that, we're not going to sell to them. And uh, we wish them well on making their wool skin shirts moving forward, or ox ox coats, or yeah, you know, whatever it is. And all like, their boys driving in cars that aren't powered by oil and gas. <laughs> Yeah, I mean everything in their store comes from oil and gas, and so yeah, that that would be funny. So we're calling on the industry. Um, you let's pick a company and let's just pound them until they 
release this press release. And so um, I know we got listeners at big companies too. So, uh, you know, if we want to, you know, make it happen, let's get it done. All right, Ryan. Well, we got, uh, we got two pieces of information for the Texas roundup. Uh, first one, Devon and WPX energy shareholders approve $5.75 billion all stock merger. So uh, combined company to be named Devon. So Devon's going to be the dominant. Um, and they create a leading unconventional oil producer in the U.S. with a dominant Delaware Basin acreage position, according to a joint lease from September announced the proposed merger. So uh, that's going to be interesting to see that. I, I've, I've heard a little bit of the rumblings with this. Um, and you, as expected, uh, anything like this is announced, it always causes the stock prices to plummet. I mean, I don't know if you saw, I think Devon's down 40%. WPX is down 42%. Um, these mergers are killed by the stock market when they, when they do this. Um, there should be some synergies there, but they're, uh, I, this is going to be the way it is for a while, I think. And the next one is Exxon Signals historic fourth consecutive loss on demand hit. Uh, they're struggling to maintain a $15 billion a year dividend program indicated in a fourth straight quarterly loss. Um, they're going to write down as much as 20 billion on its upstream assets. Uh, so Exxon has been getting killed uh, this year. I say this year, past year, they had a, they had a bad year. Who didn't have a bad year last year other than the Fed who printed all the money or, or Bitcoin. Bitcoin. Amazon. Yeah. Bitcoin, Amazon, Tesla, Bitcoin, Bitcoin. Hey, so I'm curious. And then we got, we're gonna wrap up here on this. So we've had on the folks who have um, talked about the Bitcoin mining, right? For flaring. Mm -hmm. I'm curious if we've had anyone who has taken, you know, who's done the Bitcoin mining um, for using their flaring to turn into Bitcoin mining. Over, you know, it's been going on for some time now. I would just you want to talk about on there. I'll keep your name private. I'm just curious. Have you seen a huge return on your investment over these last what six eight weeks when Bitcoin has really skyrocketed? Um, because I, I would think so, right? I would think that if you've been flaring natural gas and you are um, now now turning into Bitcoin, I would think you've made a, a, a substantial amount of money as the price has gone up to what, 32, 31 this morning, whatever it is. So it's an interesting question though, Ron, because di didn't they say that at the beginning of the year, they were giving away double the amount of coins per. So when they, when they processed it, it's based on the speed. And when they processed it, they would get a certain amount of Bitcoin, um, not necessarily shares, but just the coins themselves. Mm -hmm. And they cut that from 12 to six last year. Maybe I don't remember. That's what I'm saying. So, so I, but I think you can That's strike your own, you, you strike your own, Oh, okay. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm I don't too know. Too I mean, this, this yeah. more about my pay We need to hear from somebody. We need. Yeah. To hear. If, I'm just curious if you've done it. Um, you know, how have you seen? Because theoretically, you'd think that your returns have you know, on your natural gas have skyrocketed. So I, I'm, I'm just curious to see how it's played out. Um, if you want to come on the show, we'll have you on the show. But if you want to talk offline, we'll keep your name private as well. So, um, because there's a lot of folks talking about making money in Bitcoin, I'm just curious if any, any of the operators that listen to us have actually you know made money on it. From this standpoint, because hey, listen, if you're getting thirty-two thousand a Bitcoin or however it works on the convert on the conversion stuff, then theoretically you're doing pretty well. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Is that it, Joshua? Yeah, I think that wraps us up, man. All right, man. Well, it's good to have you back. And listeners, thank you for another year. We're coming up on was it four years now? Four years, yeah. That's be number your number four. Wow, that's crazy. 
That's crazy. So, all right. Well, thank you everyone for tuning in. And until next time, keep climbing.